welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. So how are you doing, my friend, my warrior? I certainly hope this week has brought you a little bit more peace. We are excited to announce that we now have listeners in our two newest countries of Oman and Zambia. Thank you for joining us and we welcome you. I also would like to remind you of our Merrimack store, which you can find at store.merrimack.info. I hope you will take advantage of some of the products for yourself and for others who may be grieving. So today, I'd like to speak with you about dealing with work when a loved one dies. It is wise to connect with your superior so they know what's going on, who has died, when they died, and possibly how they died. If it's a sensitive death like homicide or suicide, maybe a drug overdose, you may want to leave out how they died. It might come out later and that's fine, but for now, You can omit it from the conversation if you are not feeling comfortable sharing it. A simple, hi boss, I just wanted to let you know that my dad or mom, my grandfather, my grandmother, my husband or wife, perhaps even my child, has died last night. I won't be able to be in today. Do this by phone. Then send an email to them so you have this for your own records and writing. Tell them that once the arrangements have been made, you'll send another email to him or her and each of your closest colleagues at work with the announcement of the death and the invitation to the funeral if they can make it. If you send the email with what happened, It will help you from having to tell the story to each person individually when you return to work. Now, if you need to attend an out-of-town or out-of-state or even out-of-country funeral, you'll need to make your boss aware as to the time off that you will need. Ask them to please call Human Resources for you to learn what you might have available. Are there a certain amount of days you can take that would be paid? Or perhaps you have to use your vacation time or sick time so you will be paid for the time you take off to plan and attend the funeral. Based on the type of company you work for, 
will determine how much time off you might have, and the generosity of your immediate supervisor or boss to your bereavement. If you work for someone else, they basically dictate the days and pay you can expect. But if you work for yourself, you can take as much time as you need, although it may affect your own income. Now about your company, boss, and colleagues. There is a hard truth, but one which needs to be addressed. Don't expect them all to join you at the services. They may come to the wake, but not the funeral or burial. They may only have time to come to the funeral itself. But you need to remember this. Most of us don't keep in touch with anyone from our job after we have left it. We might connect on business social media if we want to catch up from time to time, or need a reference, or perhaps want a connection regarding a new position with another company that they are now working for. So even though you are close now, chances are good you might never even see them again. Or want to, for that matter, if their treatment of you when someone dies was not compassionate. So don't feel offended if you get no sympathy from your boss or co-workers after a week or two. It's really quite cold. But this is how it is. Many people are so consumed with their own troubles and challenges, they don't have enough time to worry about yours. And I know that sounds so callous, so inconsiderate, but it's the way it is. So don't be alarmed when the level of compassion is low and it leaves you wondering how people can actually act this way. You may find just a few people care enough to visit or leave a card on your desk or ask you to join them for coffee so you can talk and vent. The unfortunate thing is that your job is just a job. It brings in income and will never be a substitute for family and friends. So don't expect it to be. So negotiate the time off you can have that will be paid. Keep your boss informed as to how long you need to be out. Tell them about anything outstanding that you are working on that needs attention, perhaps by another member of your team, so they know where you stand with work. And do find out when they expect you to be back at your desk. Once you go back to work and see how you are doing, you might find that you need partial days for a while since you are grieving and might also have other affairs of your loved one to deal with. If you have many vacation and sick days available, you might ask to come in early and leave early, taking half days which will still be paid. You might find it better to work four 10-hour days, so you have three-day weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, to recover and have time for yourself and your family's needs.
It will take some time to figure out what will work best for you and then communicate that with your superior. He or she cannot know what you are going through and what you're dealing with. In the beginning of our grief, so much is going on within us and in our family. So it's best to write a few notes before you have that conversation with your boss so you can cover all the high points that need discussing. Have a number of alternatives, asking for the most important one first. See what they say, and if you aren't getting what you need, simply say thank you for your suggestions. May I consider this? Then you can always go back with an alternative plan once you've had a chance to ponder what they offered. I also want to help you understand that the person who has died might not have the traditional label that bosses expect for you to take time off for a funeral. This death might be your absolutely best buddy since you were in school. You grew up together, you played sports together, you raised your children together, and now they have died, leaving you devastated. In your manager's eyes, they are only a friend. They may not understand the connection you two had, and there is absolutely no way you aren't attending the services and funeral and maybe memorial service. So when you announce their death, and that you will need to take time for the funeral. Be prepared that your boss may not feel as sympathetic as you. Be prepared that you may have to take from your own vacation or sick days if you have them, or to lose pay altogether. Help them understand that this time away is non-negotiable, even though you won't use that word. Help them understand in a very short, sweet way that this lifelong friend was part of your family. Many individuals go to funerals out of respect for an in-law, work colleague, or others. So you might just say that you have a funeral to attend and leave it at that. So most bosses do understand the need to take the day, at the very least. Whether you will be paid for that day all depends on your personal benefits. And don't get me wrong, there are amazing bosses in small, medium, and large companies who are genuinely concerned for you, and they are the rare ones who understand that if they do right by you, you will always do right by them. I certainly pray you have that kind of boss. So now let's talk about grieving after that person's death and after you go back to work. You have to remember you are still in shock. You are functioning within that bubble around you and you will feel that way for quite some time, several months, even more. Since you took the time to alert each of your colleagues when it first happened, it will not feel so awkward when you return to work. 
but it would be nice to visit each one and thank them for whatever warm wishes they gave you in any form and how much you appreciate them. If they ask you how you are doing, keep the response kind, short, and sweet. Do not go into all the details of the wake, funeral, and burial. It may make you weepy, and you want to do whatever you can not to break down at work. This may again feel cold to hear, but the sad truth is if a colleague at work is only a superficial friend, they may be asking out of obligation or kindness, but ultimately, they really don't want to know all the details. And if you do start to tell all the details, you will see it in their eyes as they glaze over, wanting so much to run the other way. Now this sounds horrible, I know, but I want you to understand that work is not your family and friends. It would be lovely if they were, but most times that's not the case. They just aren't. As much as we want them to be, they aren't family and they aren't friends. If one of your colleagues is very close to you, ask if they want to meet after work one evening to go for a walk or to grab a meal together to share the details. Now, when someone we love dies, it is one of the most stressful experiences in life. And as we move through our grief, we can manifest emotional and physical health challenges. But unfortunately, most employers will expect you to return to your job before you actually feel ready. As we said before, you will still be protected by the bubble of shock. You will go to work each day in a fog, especially at the beginning, and you will be expected to do all the tasks and functions at the same level you did before your loved one died. And you might be wearing that mask that says, everything is just fine, everything is okay, but you know inside that that isn't the case, but you feel the need to act this way to keep your job. So be aware that you might feel triggered by the littlest things when you're grieving. You might notice that someone in your office has the same shirt your husband has. You might notice someone is fixing their coffee or tea like your wife did. You might see someone sharing photos on their phone of their new child, but yours was stillborn. There are so many things that can make the tears flow so spontaneously, and you don't know how to turn them off. You start to feel fear about when that might happen again. Well, I can tell you what worked for me. There is a small vial called Box Rescue Remedy, which you can find on my page at marymac.info. You'll see the little yellow bottle there on the right side. You need to know that there is alcohol in it, so be aware. But all you need to do is take a few drops on your tongue on the way to work to make you feel more calm by the time you get there. 
It has been very effective for me and countless others, and I think it will become one of your best friends. Also, I have talked about EFT, the Emotional Freedom Technique, or tapping. It is imperative that you learn how to do this. You will be tapping on the meridian lines in your body to calm you down, to not feel so overwhelmed. When it gets too much for you at work, go to the bathroom and do EFT in the stall. It will calm you. As always, I will leave the links in the show notes for Box Rescue Remedy and for the EFT videos and meditations for you. It is also important to do deep breathing when you feel anxious or stressed. Sometimes when we are constricted emotionally, we tend to have shallow breathing. Take the time to recognize if this is what's happening for you and take in deep breaths to calm yourself. When you get home, you can use the meditations I will also leave in the show notes for this episode. They are very, very helpful. And also, when you return to work, you aren't imagining it when a colleague seems distant now. Often they don't know what to say to you, so they may stay away. It's very common, so just realize this is what's happening and let it go. You might feel that you are expected to be at 100% capacity, but you won't be. You'll have trouble concentrating on your work. You may find you make errors. You have difficulty concentrating. You stare off into space and daydream. You feel forgetful and confused. You feel irritable or impatient and overwhelmed. These are all natural and normal. Remember, you can always find crisis resources on my site, marymac.info, at the top tabs. If you are having difficulty, I encourage you to call a crisis hotline so you can talk to someone who is trained at listening to your pain. You need to release all this, and these individuals are there for you. You don't have to be suicidal to use their services, but you need to release all this pent-up pain when it is feeling like it's exploding. Please do this for me. And lastly, please do not decide to change jobs right after someone has died, no matter how poorly you might have been treated. You are not thinking clearly right now, and you need to stay where you know the tasks and perform them as usual. Later, you can consider moving on to another position, if it's appropriate. Dealing with work after a loved one dies may not be the most comfortable thing for you, but be respectful, be kind, and simply tell them what's going on. Ask for what you need. Do not hold back. Only you know what you need at the beginning 
And later on, once you realize what will work for you and your family's needs as you progress in your grieving process, remember your boss and colleagues cannot read your mind. Be upfront. Thank them for picking up your work when you are away. And perhaps send a kind note to each one a few weeks afterwards as a kind gesture. Give yourself the time you need to grieve and feel grateful for the job you do have. So now it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. Feel your body and sway back and forth. And yes, you might think this is still silly, but please do it for me anyway, okay? listening in today and share my podcast with those who may benefit from this knowledge. Remember to write five things in your journal each night that you are grateful for. Please subscribe to my podcast and rate and review it at www.themerrymacshow.com and sign up for my private email list there so we can stay in touch. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak with you again soon.